Chapter 15 of Where We Got the Bible, Our Debt to the Catholic Church. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Where We Got the Bible, Our Debt to the Catholic Church by the Reverend Henry Graham. Chapter 15, The Catholic's Bible. What was the Catholic Church doing all this time? Well, she was in a state of persecution in England and could not do very much except suffer. One, many of her best sons went abroad to more favorable lands. The circumstances had assuredly been most unsuitable for bringing out a Catholic version of the scriptures. She was rather content indeed compelled to sit still, and from her majestic height looked down and watched the rise and fall, the publication and withdrawal, the appearance and disappearance of dozens of different versions heretical and corrupt grotesque in their blunders and vile in their sectarianism that had been issued by the various protestant bodies by the end of the sixteenth century no less than two hundred and seventy new sects had been enumerated and some that had been extinct for centuries like arianism revived under the genial influence of luther dr walton bishop of chester and author of the famous polyglot bible that bears his name laments this fact in his preface about the end of the seventeenth century there is no fanatic or clown says he from the lowest dregs of the people who does not give you his own dreams as the word of god for the bottomless pit seems to have been set open from whence a smoke has risen which has obscured the heavens and the stars and locusts are come out with wings a numerous race of sectaries and heretics who have renewed all the old heresies and invented monstrous opinions of their own these have filled our cities, villages, camps, houses, nay, our churches and pulpits too, and lead the poor deluded people with them to the pit of perdition. Doubtless the poor bishop, being a self-complacent Anglican, failed to perceive that he himself was as much of a deluded sectarian heretic as any of them. It was not till 1582 that a Catholic New Testament appeared, and that was not in England but in France, at Reims, whence a colony of persecuted Catholics had fled including cardinal allen gregory martin and robert bristow who were mainly responsible for this new translation william allen formerly canon of york later archbishop of mechlin and lastly cardinal had founded a college at douay for the training of priests for the english mission in fifteen sixty eight he was compelled to remove it to rems in fifteen seventy eight owing to huguenot riots and there as i said in fifteen eighty two they issued the new testament in english for catholics it was a translation of course from the latin vulgate which had been declared by the council of trent to be the authorized text of scripture for the church martin was the principal translator whilst bristow mainly contributed the notes which are powerful and illuminative the whole was intended to be of service both to priests and people to give them a true and sound rendering of the original writings to save them from the numberless false and incorrect versions in circulation and to provide them with something wherewith to refute the heretics who then as ever approached with a text in their mouth two needless to say the appearance of this new testament with its annotations at once aroused the fiercest opposition queen elizabeth ordered searchers to seek out and confiscate every copy they could find if a priest was found in possession of it he was forthwith imprisoned Torture by rack was applied to those who circulated it, and a scholar, Dr. Fulke, was appointed to refute it. All these measures, be it noted, kind reader, were taken by parties who advocated loudly the unlimited right of private judgment. 
in fifteen ninety three the college returned to douay and there in sixteen o nine the old testament was added and the catholic bible in english was complete and is called the douay bible complete we may well call it it is the only really complete bible in english for it contains those seven books of the old testament which i pointed out before were and are omitted by the protestants in their editions so that we can claim to have not only the pure unadulterated bible but the whole of it without addition or subtraction a translation of the vulgate which is itself the work of st jerome in the fourth century which again is the most authoritative and correct of all the early copies of holy scripture at a single leap we thus arrive at that great work completed by the greatest scholar of his day who had access to manuscripts and authorities that have now perished and who living so near the days of the apostles and as it were close to their very fountainhead was able to produce a copy of the inspired writings which for correctness can never be equalled our modern catholic bible owes its present form mainly to the revision of bishop chaloner died seventeen eighty one we may feel justly proud of our douay bible we need not declare it to be perfect in all respects either in regard to its english style or its employment of words from foreign languages we need not feel the less affection or admiration for it though we should suggest the possibility of revision and improvement in some particulars it has indeed been re-edited and revised ere now but when all is said and done it is a noble version with a noble history true honest scholarly faithful to the original the catholic church has nothing to regret in her policy or her action towards english versions of the scriptures she has not issued one version one year and cancelled it in the next because of its corruptions and errors its partisan notes or political doctrines nobly she has stood for reverence and caution in respect of translating god's holy word into the vulgar tongue she was slow in acting i admit if by slowness we mean deliberation and prudence for she saw with unerring vision the evils that were certain to result from a hasty casting of pearls before swine but when she did act she acted decisively and once for all who is there that has followed the sad story of the protestant treatment of the sacred scriptures but will be forced by contrast to admire the wisdom the calm dignity the consistent and deliberate policy of the ecclesiastical authorities of the catholic church in england which stands as a reproof to the violent blundering malicious methods of the sectaries in which if it had been acquiesced in by others would have saved the word of god from infinite degradation and contempt three hatred against her version of the bible when it first appeared was so deep that an oath sworn on it was not deemed to be valid it was on this sacred volume that mary queen of scots laid her hand and swore her innocence the night before her execution the earl of kent at once interposed with a remark that the book was a popish and false translation and in consequence the oath was of no value does your lordship suppose was the quiet answer of the noble queen that my oath would be the better if i swore on your translation which i do not believe thanks be to god the douay version has now so established its position and hatred to it and to its authors has so diminished that a catholic may even in these lands swear upon it in conscience and his word is believed as any other man's in a court of law found in thousands of pious catholic homes at the present hour we may comfort ourselves with the reflection that in a protestant kingdom and in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation 
even now there exists the true version of the gospel of our blessed lord and the inspired words of his holy apostles and evangelists as they have been handed down and preserved by the catholic church from the beginning unchangeable and unchanged and we may feel the most absolute certainty that as it is the true version so at a date not incalculably distant it will prove to be the only one for the others will have gone to join their predecessors and been consigned to a happy oblivion and only survive in the memory of him who glances at their musty corners and faded pages beneath the glass cases of library or museum End of chapter fifteen